Welcome to Broadcasting Common Ground, the Deep Foundation Institute's podcast channel. In this series, Morgan's Mentors, Morgan Neesmith will be talking with industry representatives about career challenges, mentor, and mentee advice. Welcome to DFI's podcast channel, Broadcasting Common Ground. I am Morgan Neesmith, and for the final time here in 2023, it is time to move the needle with our podcast on mentorship and careers in the deep foundation industry. Now, our guest this week, with over 25 years in the geotechnical industry, Karen Armfeld is currently the director of the New York City Geotechnical and Tunneling Group of WSP USA, as well as a longtime adjunct professor at the New York City College of Technology. Uh, I am most familiar with her from her involvement in numerous professional development organizations, including the Women in Engineering Design and DFI's Women in Deep Foundations Committee. Karen, thanks very much for joining us today. Thanks, Morgan. I'm glad to have this opportunity to speak to everybody. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, like I'm obviously a little bit familiar with, uh, with the, uh, your work and your background, but we always ask that you tell the audience a little bit about where you came from. I noticed in particular that when you started, I think it was at Penn State, you weren't necessarily in engineering, but then came to that maybe a little bit later. So I think we'd be interested in hearing how you got into engineering and your career leading up to becoming a director at WSB. You're right. Well, when I went to Penn State, actually, I went for microbiology, but uh, didn't really pan out. So I switched to uh, architectural engineering and then I finished at um, Polytechnic University, which is NYU now. Uh, so principally, I do geotechnical design work, uh, mostly major infrastructure projects here in New York City marine projects, energy, rail projects, things like that. Um, I'm a vice president and director with WSP, but I also spent 20 years at ACOM where I was the geotech department manager for many years. Cool. And now it uh, just so happens that by the time this airs uh, or posts, uh, this will have already occurred. But in a few weeks, I'll have the opportunity to see you speak on career development, specifically, I think, in Geo Virginia. Um, right. so, so I was interested also if you could talk a little bit about your involvement in these uh, professional industry organizations and the topic of how you got into talking about and the importance of career development. Well, I was involved with ASE right from uh, university. I was the president of the ASE chapter. And then when I started working, I was involved in the ASE YMF for many years. I ran the intern program at ASE at uh, AECOM. And uh, I really, since I started, been involved with different types of career development uh, uh, issues for civil engineers. I've spent 10 years on the National Committee for ASCE uh, doing career development and making continuing ed modules for young engineers. Plus, being a professor, I have a lot of interaction with students. So I would say my whole career I've been involved with, uh, you know, career development initiatives for young engineers. Sure. Ah, that's great. Um, now, we sort of roughly entered the, the industry at about the same time. Uh, let's, let's just say some number of decades ago for both of us. 
Um, and, and that was a very different time. Certainly, I think things are a little more organized and companies may see the uh, benefits and importance of mentorship and uh, training in a way that, that was not viewed in the 1980s and 1990s. Uh, in particular, and, and frankly, in particular for being a woman entering the construction and engineering industry at the time. Um, now, were there uh, people either early in your academic career or professional career that were mentors, either formally or informally, and how were they influential in sort of steering you into, into the profession? Probably my earliest mentor was uh, my structures professor, Robert Rattay. Uh, he used to arrange visits for us to different uh, engineering offices and get us speakers for the ASCE. And uh, that really helped me as a student to see what we'd be doing day to day in the office. Also, he helped me get my first internship at the DOT. And uh, as you know, back then, it was hard to get an internship if you didn't have the the connections in the field. You know? <laughs> now, one of the things that I talk to students and young engineers about a lot uh, is sort of maybe what I see as a fear of uh, taking some chances um, and sort of sticking with the known. And, and I, I sometimes I'm concerned that uh, younger engineers are passing up what could be interesting opportunities that, that may lead to other opportunities they can't even see right now. That's one of the things I mentioned I was hoping you might talk about is a, a moment or whether it was a project or a time in your career where it might have been easier just to not do anything and to keep doing what you had been, but you did take an opportunity or chance and that yielded some uh, ancillary benefits that have uh, helped you progress along the way. That's true. You never know where these uh, opportunities might take you. I'd say the best example of that is uh, when I was at ACOM, I only had eight years of experience when my uh, supervisor and mentor offered me up the position for a deputy manager of the geotech group. I was kind of nervous at the time, but he had a lot of confidence in me, encouraged me to take the role. And uh, taking that role really helped me uh, strengthen my communication skills and organizational skills. And I'd say that move really helped jumpstart my career at ACOM. Cool. And as we touched on a little bit earlier, I think, at least from what I've seen, companies are starting to view mentorship and their responsibility to equip their team members for success in a very different way um, than maybe they did some number of decades ago. You've been in a leadership result, uh, role now at uh, WSP, uh, but as you described earlier, um, career development has been something you've been working on throughout your career in terms of talking to uh, other engineers about it. What do you think it's fair for uh, an engineering, young engineering staff member to expect, maybe even the word is demand, from a company in terms of development and support? I mean, you know, in the old days, you know, you had your supervisor and hopefully he was knowledgeable and hopefully he was willing to teach you everything. But nowadays, there's a lot more opportunities for young people to grow their own career in addition to what they're learning at the office. Lots of webinars, e-learning, engineering society involvement. So these days, you can pretty much learn any engineering topic that interests you through these avenues. But I'd still say the most valuable approach to learning is through your project teams. Uh, so the managers should be 
uh, focusing on building a skill set within those young engineers that'll make them eligible for key roles uh, in their projects in the future. Do you think it's helpful, and maybe it depends on company size and structure, but should that be a formal arrangement or can that, that be successfully done by a manager, even if there, it's not a formal mentorship or a formal training program within the company? It can work both ways, but I feel like you learn the most in projects mm -hmm. teams when you're the junior engineer teamed up with a senior engineer or a project manager. And, you know, when you're working through the project together, I feel like that's the the time when you're building your skills the most. Sure, absolutely. Um, now, conversely, again, as someone in a leadership position at WSP, what are you thinking about in terms of your expectations from a, a new engineer or someone early in their career when they join as a team member? You're going to give them all the benefits of your experience, but what should they be bringing to the relationship to maximize that experience for them? I mean, the most important thing is that the young engineers know that it's up to them to constantly build their knowledge, build their expertise. Uh, if they have a mindset of curiosity and the drive to learn new things, really that can take them anywhere in their career. Uh, but they need to have that uh, that drive that will advance them to the next level. Sure. Um, and, and I have sometimes noticed a little bit of a shift in mindset, too, that things like going to conferences, uh, which I thought of as uh, opportunities, maybe are starting to be viewed as extra. And I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about that mindset because I, that always seemed like a great opportunity to, to meet people and just uh, expand your horizons. And yeah maybe a little bit too much focus on these are my hours. Uh, anything outside of that is extra. Um, do you know how to balance that in today's with, I guess, with some of the generational differences in, in, in uh, today's workforce? I mean, I know for me, the uh, thought of going to these conferences every year inspired me to write all the technical papers and learn about the different topics that I could present at the conferences and being able to uh, attend the events, you learn so much in that short few days. It's really uh, beneficial, especially to young engineers, even just walking through the vendors and hearing about all the equipment that's gonna be used on future projects, You know, knowing who to reach out to, when you have a difficult project, it's really gives you an edge above the other young engineers that don't attend. Yeah, I agree. And I appreciate you saying that because I sometimes have a trouble articulating everything I feel like I've gotten out of uh, attending the, the professional events over the years that have certainly been very important for me. Um, when we started these podcasts here at DFI, our very first podcast was, uh, it was actually called Interview with a Survivor. It's a little more dramatic maybe than it needed to be, but it was just about surviving challenges. Um, we tried to move away from the term failure, but just talking about when things don't go as planned or uh, as expected. Uh, that could be in a career path manner or a project manner, but it's really talking to young engineers about 
how we deal with adversity, which is going to happen in any career at some point. In your talking about career development, is that something that you could talk to and in, in, uh, or speak to about with regard to something that's happened in your career and how that played out and how you dealt with it? Yeah, uh, I, a good example of that is uh, when I left AECOM, I thought, you know, perhaps I would like working at small companies. So I had left AECOM, I went to a small company and that wasn't really panning out, didn't really fit my personality. I, I tried a different small company, also didn't fit my goals. Ended up that, uh, you know, at least I gave it a try and found out that, uh, you know, working in a small firm was not really for me, that I really, it helped me shape my next move in my career where I made me think about what do I really value in my career? And I found out that, you know, working in a large firm with large projects and all their complexity was really a better fit for me. And working with large design and construction teams uh, was really more of what you know, drove my inspiration in my career. Yeah, that's a great answer uh, because it, it sort of goes back to one of my concerns about uh, younger engineers being a little bit, uh, I don't want to use the word afraid, but concerned about leaving a known opportunity or an unknown situation to take an unknown opportunity, even if it doesn't work out, it is a stepping stone possibly to uh, another opportunity, and it, and it doesn't need to be a setback necessarily. So I really appreciate the way you articulated that. Um, at this time, it's time for us to take a very brief break and recognize the sponsor of this episode, and then we'll be back for more of this last episode of Morgan's Mentors. Hey, students and young professionals. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Morgan's Mentors. TFI is thrilled to have you here. Besides great podcasts like this one, DFI has lots to offer you as you prepare and begin your career in the Deep Foundations construction and geotechnical engineering industry. I'm Teresa Engler, Executive Director of the Deep Foundations Institute, and I'd love for you to get started by becoming a member. Student membership is free and individual membership for young professionals is very affordable. Once you've joined, check out DFI's communities of technical committees, task forces, working groups, and user groups. They're all busy addressing issues affecting deep foundation practices, and by getting involved with them, you'll build your professional network. Also, be sure to browse the publications and resources pages of DFI.org. You'll find magazine articles, technical papers, research reports, manuals and guidelines, plus videos and career information. Students, don't miss applying for scholarships. Applications are open in the spring and the fall and also participate in our annual paper competition. There's also a competition for young professors and grants for female professionals. We value your involvement as the future industry leaders. Now, back to Morgan. Okay, thanks very much. We want to welcome you all back to uh, Morgan's Mentors and thank Karen Armfield again for joining us today. But before we go, Karen, we always ask every guest the same question. And once we've even been able to make this dream come true uh, and have someone on the podcast that someone else had mentioned we should, 
So I will ask you uh, if you could interview anyone living or not, doesn't even have to be engineering related uh, for the podcast, who would that be and why? Living or not, I uh, think I would choose uh, Emily Roebling. Uh, the Brooklyn Bridge was one of the New York City's first large infrastructure projects. And uh, after her husband fell ill, she took over all of the engineering duties, running the day-to-day con -day construction for over 10 years, which is kind of amazing thinking of the fact that it was back in the late 1800s. So uh, if we could interview her, it would be great to hear her insights. That is one that I'm probably, unfortunately, not going to be able to make happen, but you're right, because it's a great <laughs> story that not enough people know about. So that's an awesome answer. Um, well, Karen, I really appreciate it. Thanks again uh, for taking the time to come on the podcast. And for all of you out there watching, listening, we appreciate all of you as well. Now, a great man once told me that no one knows the future, and that's what makes it so exciting. But maybe we will see you again in 2024 and talk to more of Morgan's mentors. And until then, remember, the truth will send a ripple through your body. On behalf of DFI, we hope you enjoyed this episode. The views, information, and opinions expressed during Deep Foundation Institute's podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of DFI. DFI does not verify or take responsibility for the accuracy of the information contained, nor does it warrant that the information contained herein is suitable for any general or specific use. The podcast is available for private, non-commercial use only. Editing, modification, or redistribution of this podcast is prohibited. Thank you for your time. Keep on surviving.